WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The effort to restart the Palisades nuclear power plant in Van Buren County is being opposed by a coalition of groups that has written a letter to all 148 Michigan state lawmakers urging them to drop support. Kevin Camps with Beyond Nuclear tells us legislators made a mistake by putting $150 million in the latest budget for Palisades owner Holtec International's plans. He says that state money greases the wheels for the federal government to award a $1 billion loan to Holtec for Palisades. Camp believes it will not be safe to restart an old nuclear power plant that's already been shut down and sent into decommissioning. For some reason, folks pushing for the restart somehow think that Southwest Michigan is exempted from eventualities like have occurred at Chernobyl, at Fukushima, and I'm afraid you don't get a free pass. So was Camps surprised when the legislature allocated the Palisades funds? The only thing that surprises me is just how gullible the state legislators who supported this are, as well as the governor herself. They should know better. I mean, in Governor Wimmer's case, she's done good work on trying to protect the Great Lakes against the Enbridge oil pipeline at the Straits of Mackinac. You know, I take my hat off to her for that. This is the opposite of that. Camp says that Palisades already had issues prior to its shutdown, including a brittle reactor pressure vessel. The coalition of 43 groups has also written to Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm to oppose the federal loan. Five communities in northern Berrien County have switched ambulance providers to better serve their residents. Hager Township Supervisor Izzy DiMaggio tells us Hager Township, Watervliet Township, Coloma Township, and the cities of Watervliet and Coloma started meeting about a year ago when they noticed the slow response times from Pride Care. We were getting complaints. The chief of police of Watervliet and also Coloma, Coloma Township, were telling us that they, in fact, had to make some, they had to respond to some of these calls themselves. They couldn't transport because there was no ambulance available. DiMaggio says the five municipalities have opted to go instead with Medic One Ambulance after the meeting between their leaders. We negotiated with them. They came to our meetings a couple of times. They submitted a proposal to us. We reviewed it. We had some suggestions. And then we all, five leaders, decided we were going to take it to our respective boards and commissions. DiMaggio says the deal was settled in late June. Medic One will eventually have two ambulances stationed within the five communities 24 hours a day. In addition, Hager Township has signed a contract with Great Lakes Rescue to provide additional medical treatment to those in an emergency. It will arrive at the scene and render aid until the ambulance arrives. He says this is the first such contract the township has had. Meanwhile, Pride Care no longer is serving any communities in Berrien County. Nearly 100 pieces of property will be up for grabs in the Michigan Department of Natural Resources land auctions this summer. A DNR resource specialist, Michael McCaleg, tells us the agency periodically reviews its holdings and then sells off those parcels that are not of use. The public can bid on the properties via online auctions. Many of the available properties are in wooded areas. Typically, people buy them either they're the adjacent landowner and they just want to extend their ownership in that area. People that are not near that buy them typically buy them for like hunting camps or hunting land, or maybe they want to build a cottage or something and they and they use the property for that. It's typically recreational uses because these are all vacant forested parcels. McCaleg says most of the available parcels are in the northern lower peninsula and upper peninsula, but a few are in Allegan County. Those include one along the Lake Michigan shore, although it was plotted out when the lake level was much lower and is now mostly underwater. The auctions will run from August 4th through September 7th. We'll have a link to the auction site at our website. Property owners along the Great Lakes who installed sandbags to ward off coastal erosion back in 2020 are now being asked by the state to remove those sandbags. 
Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy spokesperson Hugh McDarmid tells us the state issued 450 permits for coastal sandbags back in 2020. It was pretty desperate times in trying to protect the property from those high levels, and there were lots of compelling videos. So I think it was mostly private citizens, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were municipalities and other entities, even nonprofits and organizations that own property on the lake. Municipalities that installed sandbags back then included the city of Bridgman, which added them to protect the lake house at Waco Beach. McDarmid says with the lake levels now lower, those bags should come out. The sand isn't an issue, but the sort of burlapy plastic material that encases the sandbags can break down and put microplastics into the water in the shoreline, and that's what we're trying to avoid. Eagle is sending letters to all five, 450 permit holders except those with property along Lake Superior. McDarmid says that lake hasn't gone back down enough to warrant the call yet. A $5.4 million project to repair 14.8 miles of pavement on U.S. 12 and M60 near Niles will get started on Monday. The Michigan Department of Transportation says the work will be in Berrien and Cass Counties between M139 and Leet Road. It'll include pavement patching and milling and resurfacing asphalt pavement. Drivers should expect single lane closures and intermittent total closures with detours posted. The project starting on Monday is expected to run through October 20th. You can stay up to date on all MDOT projects at michigan.gov drive. Set for July 29th at Lakeshore High School is this year's Relay for Life event in Berrien County. The American Cancer Society's Cindy Kobachik tells us they'll, they'll have activities going on all day, including fireworks, a ninja warrior course, soccer, volleyball, flag football, a golf simulator, and a silent auction. So how about running? We have a track in the Conefield House there at Lakeshore High School, so people are able to walk the track. But with all the activities, there's a little less running than normal, but there is the glow run. So what's a glow run? If you've never been to one, this is going to be a really cool one. Um, We have fireworks going off, and we have all kinds of glow sticks and glow apparel because it's at night. And so it's a 5K around the property there at Lakeshore. Kovacic says the Relay for Life raises money for the American Cancer Society, and the focus this year is on beating childhood cancer. That's why the activities this year are geared toward young people. Last year's Relay raised more than $80,000, and the goal this year is $100,000. We'll have a link to more information at our website. And there will be some traffic and parking rules in effect for the Krasil Art Fair in downtown St. Joseph this weekend. The St. Joseph Department of Public Safety says Lake Boulevard from Ship Street to Park Street will be closed, along with the west half of the 500 block of Broad Street. City parking lots 1, 3, 5, and 6 will all be closed early to allow the artists to park. They'll be reopened for general parking at 10 a.m. The Festival Neighborhood No Parking Zone will be in effect Saturday and Sunday. That zone is bordered by Broad to the north, Hoyt and Sutherland to the south, Lake Boulevard to the west, and Wayne Street to the east. Streets running north-south will have no parking on the east side, and streets running east-west will have no parking on the south. The department also notes there will be no shuttles to get people to the fair this year. Everyone will just have to walk from wherever they parked. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden touted the shape of the U.S. economy during remarks today in West Columbia, South Carolina. Morph maybe sees Karen Travers. President Biden touted his economic agenda Thursday in South Carolina, saying that Bidenomics, as the White House is calling it, is working for Americans across the country, whether they live in areas that voted for him or voted for Republicans. Our plan is working. And one of the things I'm proudest of is working everywhere, not just in the coast 
and big cities. The president highlighted the $60 million investment nationwide by solar tech company Enphase Energy, which he said will create up to 600 permanent jobs in South Carolina. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The Biden administration has decided to provide cluster munitions to Ukraine and is expected to announce on Friday the Pentagon will send thousands as part of a new military aid package worth up to $800 million for the war effort against Russia. That word comes from people familiar with the decision. There are widespread concerns the bombs can cause civilian casualties, but the Pentagon will provide munitions that have a reduced dud rate, meaning there will be far fewer unexploded rounds that can result in unintended civilian deaths. Cluster bombs open in the air, releasing bomblets that are dispersed over a large area and are intended to wreak destruction on multiple targets at once. Newark, New Jersey is mourning after two city firefighters died while fighting a fire aboard a docked cargo ship carrying 5,000 vehicles. ABC's Dave Packer has more. In New Jersey, our hearts are heavy as we mourn the loss of two Newark firefighters who made the ultimate sacrifice in the line of duty. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. The firefighters battling flames deep inside a Port Newark dock cargo ship. Newark firefighters Augusto Acabo and Wayne Brooks Jr. became trapped in the fire, their bodies found later. This tragedy is a painful reminder of the dangers our firefighters face and their remarkable courage. Newark Mayor Roz Baraka saying he watched his fellow firefighters used every measure of their training to save their brothers who became trapped. Dave Packer, ABC News. The head of the mercenary group that nearly staged a mutiny against the Russian government may not be in Belarus after all. More from ABC's Ines de la Quatera. Alexander Lukashenko saying Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of Russia's Wagner Group, is no longer in Belarus and that it's still unclear whether his men will move there. Both Prigozhin and his men were expected to move to Belarus as part of the deal brokered to end the short-lived revolt, with the Kremlin vowing not to press charges. Lukashenko saying Prigozhin is now in St. Petersburg. The Kremlin saying it is not following Prigozhin. Movements. And as Delacutera, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. The company that owned a submersible that imploded on its way to explore the wreck of the Titanic says it has suspended operations. OceanGate made the announcement on its website today. The implosion of the Titan last month killed all five people on board, including Stockton Rush, the submersible's pilot, and the company's chief executive officer. The statement on OceanGate's website says the company has suspended, quote, all exploration and commercial operations. Phone messages seeking comments were left with the company. The Coast Guard is investigating the implosion. Neighborhoods in Chicago are cleaning up after rounds of flooding rain this week. ABC's Christian Pekus has more from the city's south side. A big yellow tractor scoops and crushes piles of dripping debris near Avalon and Woodlawn after this weekend's record rainfall turned into a nightmare for Wendy Mortaya and her three children. Oh my God, I was terrified. Wendy says she started noticing the water building as she was doing laundry in her basement Sunday afternoon. But by then, there was nothing she and her husband could do as the water started to rise in her home. We were grabbing whatever we can. We even had our nine-year-old son trying to help us. They are temporarily displaced, living with family unsure of what caused the water to rise so fast. At the detention center at Guantanamo Bay, the aging men known by their serial numbers arrived at the meeting shackled. For the first time since it opened in 2002, a U.S. president was allowing them to meet with a U.N. independent investigator. They told the investigator about the scant contacts with their families, the psychological and physical scars of torture and abuse they experienced, and their hopes of leaving. They also told her that she had come in too late. In an interview with the Associated Press, the inspector agreed, saying that because a total of 780 Muslim men were detained there following the 9-11 terrorist attacks, and today there are just 30. 
And one of the best-selling bands in history is coming off the road. Morph maybe sees Jason Nathanson. One last tour, and then the Eagles are gonna... Take it easy. The band announcing their upcoming Long Goodbye Tour will be the final tour for the group, which has been playing for crowds for 52 years. They say in a statement that their run has lasted far longer than any of them ever dreamed, and the time has come for them to close the circle. Tickets will go on sale next week, and the tour is expected to continue into 2025. It'll start September 7th in New York, with Steely Dan opening the first dozen or so dates. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.